Hey there, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of GCC Online, the weekly podcast from Grace Community Church in Crossville, Tennessee. I'm joined today, as always, by my amazingly beautiful wife, Jessica. Hello. And our awesome women's ministry director, Teresa. Hello. Today we are continuing the Bible study that we started last week. We're going to be in Philippians 2. And if you guys would like to read along with us, we'll be reading out of the New Living Translation. So if you want to pull that up on your phone, pull out your paper Bible and go along with us, you're more than welcome to do so. We will go ahead and get started if Teresa wants to read our first section. Okay. Verse 1, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others, too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Awesome. So my, my first takeaway from this, when initially reading it, almost anytime you see Paul ask a question, uh, like in this, he says, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? If he asks you that question, he's there's a reason. So the first thing I want to do is look for that reason. Why is he asking this question? And so he says, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me, if, that, if those things are true, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Once again, Paul is going into the unity of the church. We talked about it last week in Philippians 1, that Paul wants us as the church, the body of Christ, to be together, to be united and to love one another, to agree with one another. And I think that's incredibly important because um, somewhere else in Scripture, I don't know the reference, but it says uh, a nation divide or a house divided against itself will fall. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true for any kingdom, even the kingdom of God, that if we, if we divide ourselves against ourselves, we will fall. But if we are united, nothing shall be impossible for us. Um, and also in verse three and four, it says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. And don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others, too. And I think that's something amazing that Paul says there, because the best thing that we can do for people, I believe, is to give give some of us away and not be so selfish with who we are and you know, our interest and our intentions, but really get to know people on a deeper level. And I think that that builds community with people whenever you are surrounded by people who want to get to know you and they're really interested in who you are and what you have to say and the things that are going on in your life. Right. And to see ourselves as equal, that nobody's better than anybody else, that Mm -hmm. we're all here for the same purpose and the same reason. And maybe we all have different positions in the church and in the world, but we're all still here for one mission and we shouldn't, you know, view ourselves as better or worse. Right. Um, It's like we talk about in one of our classes here that, you know, the person who cleans the church Mm -hmm. is just as important as the pastor of the church Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. 
people don't want to come to a dirty church either, (laughs) you know, and if they walk through the door and it's disgusting, they're probably going to turn around and walk back out before they hear the preacher. Mm -hmm. So, right. (laughs) So we're all in this together. Nobody's better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And Paul goes on to to make what I think is a, like a pretty bold statement. Paul says, you must have the same attitude that Jesus had. Now that is, I mean, because that's that's a big undertaking to say that I can have the same attitude as Jesus. Jesus lived a perfect life mm-hmm. and then died for people <laughs> that hated him. That's a that's a crazy attitude to have. But but imagine that if we as the church actually strive to have that attitude, that when we walked into church on Sunday or when we went into work on Monday or when we're driving down the road, that that we actually had the same attitude that Jesus had, that we had the same love and affection that Jesus had, like or even not not that we are actually capable of having that. But what if we tried? How would that change the world around us? Mm -hmm. Like when you're going through the line at the Dollar General. And somebody's hateful with you. Yes. yes. I think think Jesus always recognized what Satan was up to. Mm -hmm. And we don't. We're like blind to it. But we got to be more aware of it and be like, not today, Satan. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So I'll go and read. I'll start in verse 12. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice and I will share your joy. Mm. Yeah. Just some deep stuff there. Like I, I, I love this, this kind of illustration that Paul says that we should live lives as children of God, shining like bright lights mm-hmm. in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever read a statement more true for today yeah. than that one was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. And he says that, that God is working in us and that he is the one that gives us that desire. Mm-hmm. I think we have the desire to, to be like him, but he also gives us the power to please him. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that gives hope, though. Because, like, sometimes it's easy to look at the world we live in and not have so much hope mm-hmm. because of how scary and dangerous things are and mm-hmm. sad. But, like, knowing that there are people out there mm-hmm. who have Jesus in them and they're, like, you know, shining stars for, you know, right. for God's love in our world. I think that's amazing. Yeah. And I think that when we think about shining stars, there's people that come into my mind. Yeah. And, I think I would like to be one of those people that comes into somebody's Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I love verse 17, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that phrase, pour it out like a liquid offering to God. I think that's yeah. pretty great because 
like I said earlier, I think that it is a big, the biggest gift to give someone is just your time and, Mm -hmm. and a part of yourself. And I think the biggest gift we could give to God is a life lived for him and a life in service to him. And I think that's a, that's what comes into my mind when I think of like pouring your life out as an offering to God, like giving him, giving him all of who we are back. Yeah, exactly. And there's joy in that. And he wants other people to experience that joy. Right. 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 Yeah. And I mean, in this, Paul's looking even beyond his current situation, which we talked about last week. He's yeah. he's in a prison yeah, right it's, now. It's good to yeah. remember that yeah. when you start reading, because like <laughs> yeah. it's easy to forget where he was in like verse or in like chapter two and three and four, you know, right. because like he doesn't, you know, necessarily right. say that. But right. but yeah, I mean, he's in a dark place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's in prison, not sure if he's going to live or die at this point. Mm-hmm. And yet he says even if he dies, that he will rejoice in their faithful serving, right? He'll, he'll rejoice for their, for their service. And I think that's just important that Paul is looking beyond his current situation and he's looking essentially at the works of God mm-hmm. and at what the people are doing. I'm going to be reading in verse 19, Paul says, if the Lord Jesus is willing, I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. Then he can cheer me up by telling me how you are getting along. I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. But you know how Timothy has proved himself like a son with his father. He has served with me in preaching the good news. I hope to send him to you just as soon as I find out what is going to happen to me. And I have confidence from the Lord that I myself will come to see you soon. So this this chapter, I, I, there's a few things I find interesting. Number one, how Paul says that Timothy's the only one that cares about their well-being. <laughs> well, thanks, wow. Paul. Ouch. Yeah, ouch. <laughs> um, I'm sure all the others, like, I mean, Epaphroditus is there with him, but thanks for that. Right, really. But I, I thought it was interesting. Let me see if I can find the verse. He says in verse 23, I hope to send him to you just as soon as I find out what is going to happen to me. To me, that suggests that he didn't want Timothy to leave until he knew it was going to happen to himself. So I, I, I know that Paul was Timothy's, you know, parent in the faith. Right. But I'm wondering if Timothy was somewhat of a support system for Paul as well. Mm-hmm. And, and that I think yeah. that just goes to show that even Paul, like he doesn't want to be alone in this. He needs people around him in his darkest moments. Mm-hmm. Right. That if Paul needs that, we surely need that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Our pastors and our teachers and our leaders mm-hmm. need our support as much as as we need their support. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and so, I mean, I think we, I mean, we're never strong enough to handle our battles by ourselves, yeah. And I think we always need those people around us. And that was kind of my big takeaway from that, that passage there. And that's the importance of being a part of a church mm-hmm. right? and actually Absolutely. coming to the church and being a part of the church body and being a mm-hmm. part of small groups is because they're the people that will be there when right. you need them. And there's a lot of times I know in my life that I have needed these people, you know, like needed this family of people around me. Just, I just and need sometimes it. you don't realize how much you need them until they're there for you. Right. <laughs> yes. Right. Okay. Uh, Jessica, if you want to go ahead and read. Verse 25. Meanwhile, I thought I should send Epaphroditus back to you. He is a true brother, co-worker and fellow soldier. And he was your messenger to help me in my need. I am sending him because he has been longing to see you. He was very distressed that you heard 
he was ill and he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost died, but God had mercy on him and also on me so that I would not have one sorrow after another. So I am all the more anxious to send him back to you, for I know you will be glad to see him and then I will not be so worried about you. Welcome him in the Lord's love and with great joy and give him the honor that people like him deserve. For he risked his life for the work of Christ and he was at the point of death while doing for me what you couldn't do from far away. I think for me in this passage, well, in this whole chapter, Paul like becomes a real person, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, because it's like you talked about him needing Timothy and but I think that he needed Epaphroditus too yeah. and right. that it would have devastated him if something happened to Epaphroditus, right. yeah. even though he would know that Epaphroditus, Epaphroditus would go to heaven yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and all of those things, but he would still miss him here on earth. And right. so he just takes on some real humanness to me. Yeah. In passage. And under that too, like anxiety has been coming up all over the place. Like, I mean, I know it's come up in my life, but it makes me feel good that Paul even says So I am all the more anxious to send it back to you for I know you will be glad to see him and then I will not be so worried about you. So, I mean, it just shows that he he did worry about things like he, you know, he had this great, amazing relationship with God, but he still had worries, you know. Right. And I think he worried because he knows, you know, he he knew God's plan for their lives, Mm -hmm. but he also knew that God put people on this earth to guide them. Right. And he needed to train them and teach them and send them out to guide. Right. And (laughs) he's worried about them in the meantime. Right. (laughs) It's interesting to note um, why Epaphroditus was worried. Right. Um, It says. He was very distressed that you heard he was ill. (laughs) Paul will go on to say that he was almost dead, right? Right, Like he was almost (laughs) ill enough to die. But Epaphroditus was distressed because they found out that he was ill and they were probably worried about him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just, I think that's interesting to note that, and I think kind of goes back to Paul, you know, it, it, it's better for me to go be with Jesus, but I know, or, you know, I long to be with Jesus, but it's better for me to stay here and minister to you. But uh, I, I just think that was, that he was, he was worried about them finding out that he was ill. That kind of jumped out to me. He must have felt how much they loved him. Because mm-hmm. I know like when my brother, uh, when my brother had cancer and they gave him, you know, they told him that he had two years to live. He was so worried about telling his daughter mm-hmm. and like, he's the one that's dying, but he was worried about telling his daughter cause it would hurt her so bad. Right. So I think Epaphroditus really knew how much these people loved him. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, for me, this was, this was a really, really powerful chapter. Um, just the whole thing overall. I mean, there's a lot going on in it. Um, and at the same time, it's, it's still kind of short, but a lot was going on. So I guess we want to end with um, what was your big takeaway from this chapter? If you could narrow it down to one thing for me personally, and maybe it's just somewhere that I've been uh, lately. I think it's that even Paul needed uh, a pastor, right? Even the great apostle Paul needed someone yeah. to minister to him. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that in ministry, you get stuck ministering so much that you miss out on being ministered to. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes, and sometimes even when you're in ministry, you think that it shows weakness if you need ministering to, mm-hmm. right? But I think this goes to show that every, everyone needs it. I mean, Paul needed it. The disciples needed it. Peter mm-hmm. needed it. And we, we need it. We're not above it. It's right. easy to get in the mindset of being like, 
okay, I'm going to have my moment where I'm going to, you know, cry and, you know, Mm -hmm. have my breakdown moment. And then I'm going to put on my face and go out and be the leader that I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, you know, Mm -hmm. that this shows that Paul needed, needed help too. Sometimes said he was very human to the people in his circle. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great thing about our church because we, you know, we have a pastoral team. And we have a staff that's mm-hmm. together all the time and we go through our highs and lows and we're, we're real with mm-hmm. each other. Like we, we don't, we don't put on a happy face and pretend right. anything. We're all real with each other mm-hmm. and we all minister to each other at yeah. different times. Right. When mom passed away, I talked to Gary and mm-hmm. we were just talking about her service and stuff. We ended up really having like a sit down conversation. Um, and Gary Howard is a pastor at a church here in town. I sat down and talked to him and we got to talking and he said like at his, at his dad's funeral, like he was he was the pastor first that he did all of the ministering. And then it was about three weeks later that he needed the ministering too. Mm-hmm. So like at wow. that time he, you know, he preached his dad's funeral. Mm-hmm. He helped his mom. He helped his family. He helped all the people. And then about three weeks later, he needed the ministering. Yeah. He was like, and I, I can relate with that because in, in losing mom and dad, I think I'd, I took over the pastoral role first. Because that's what you then, could do. Yeah. You because know? it's what I could do. Um, but, but still none of us are beyond needing ministered to. Right. Yes. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you guys have like a big takeaway from that one? Cause that was mine. Y'all can't steal mine. No, I, th- I think that really is. I think that is mine too. Yeah. Okay. I think it's just about, you know, uniting together as yeah. a body of Christ and, and, uh, just trying to, to shine our lights brightly. I just love that, that part of it shining oh, like bright too. lights in the world. Yes. Yeah. Love it. My whole channel, my YouTube channel is all about, um, basically being that, and I, and I take it, I mean, Paul almost says the same thing here with being that bright light, but I take it from when Jesus said, we're like a city on a hill, right? Yeah. That we're like a city on a hilltop that hilltop that our, our lights like shining to the world. And that's what my whole YouTube channel is about, about living boldly for Jesus. Right. And I think that is being that bright light in a dark world. Yes. But yeah, I think that's one of the most important things we as Christians can do is to be that bright light for the world. But like a pretty light, not a light that like blinds you and beats you down, but a light, <laughs> right. that, a light that draws you closer. Yeah. Like a bug light. Like a bug light. It draws you closer. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, and before we digress. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. We hope that you got something out of this podcast. I hope you're enjoying our study on Philippians. Hope you're excited about more to come. Anyway, guys, thank you so much. We will see you next Monday. Bye. Bye. Bye.